I'm Stephanie Evans, the principal here at Catholic Ladies College, and welcome to our podcast, Raising Resilience. This podcast series has been created to support you on your parenting and caregiver journey, with new episodes coming out every month. It will give you access to the best insights, information, and tips for navigating important issues. I'll now hand you over to your hosts, Liana, CLC's Head of Students, and Brett, CLC's School Counselor. Hello, everyone. My name is Liana Kololuka. I'm the Head of Students at Catholic Ladies College. And I'm Brad McKay. I'm the School Counselor. We're really excited to be um, recording this today. It's the very first episode of our podcast called Raising Resilience. I know. I'm very, very pumped for this. I uh, didn't expect to get this off the ground, so I'm really, really excited for this. So coming up on this episode today, we're going to address how to communicate effectively with your child, because I guess that can be really tricky for parents, knowing how to navigate sensitive conversations or difficult conversations, especially when your child's not really giving you much. Yes, absolutely. And really looking at how to have those conversations from, I suppose, more of a positive and constructive style of conversation as opposed to, you know, looking at and always kind of overemphasizing what's not working. Because I think, you know, especially within the space that I work in, you know, we do often hear about struggling communication between parents and students. So I think being able to sit together and talk about this stuff and really relay this to parents is a fantastic platform to actually work through. I agree. And I think for our students as well, they want to feel validation. They want to feel heard and seen. So hopefully with the tips and strategies that we discuss today, you'll feel a little bit more equipped to tackle those conversations with your child at home. Yeah. And I think, you know, coming towards the end of it, we'll also have really kind of a standout six ways that you can really establish those types of effective skills in terms of how to communicate with your child and what that looks like and just making sure you feel feel comfortable about it. Brad, you're the expert, you're the counsellor, you're dealing with um, students on a day-to-day basis when you're hearing things, they're opening up to you, they're talking about what's bothering them. Can you sort of tell us why what we're talking about today is really crucial for parents as well as for young people? Yeah, look, you know, I think being in the space that I work in, it's very common to sit down with students and really listen. And it's more of a, I suppose, you know, wanting to listen to listen, not listening to respond, especially within the work that I do. So, you know, you sometimes hear obviously what the student's saying, but also what's not being said as well. So, you know, a lot of the times there is conflict and this kind of dispute resolution angle in terms of the communication with mum and dad. So really looking at those effective ways to build that relationship of understanding. I think that's paramount in terms of when you are working, whether it be in couples or students or any variation of the counselling space, a lot of talk is centred around the idea of communication. So that's why building that kind of effective relationship is really, really important. And we also kind of want to work to a space where girls are feeling more more empowered and supported through that type of effective communication. Hearing when a girl feels like she's been able to problem solve and really establish herself feeling like she can control her own space and have the ability to have those difficult conversations. You know, a lot of the times we do it through role play or something like that, just so they feel more equipped to handle themselves.
themselves. So I think that's, I suppose, the most important part about why we are doing this podcast today. Yeah. And voice and agency with young people is really important. You know, when I'm working with students, when I guess they've found their voice, that you see a light shine in them. We hear conversations that sort of happen at home and and we get a sense from young people that they feel like their parents don't understand them. And that's not necessarily always the case. It's that there's a a barrier, I guess, and not knowing how to break down that barrier from both a a young person's perspective as well as a parent's perspective. You know, young people can be really combative sometimes and they also don't know how to open up. So I guess creating that safety and that trust between parent and child and the child knowing that their parent is actually going to support and understand them and, as you said, live. Listen to listen, not listen to have a quick response where they feel like they're being lectured or told to do something a certain way that, yeah, doesn't, I guess, um, I don't know what I was going to say, but yeah. I think you're hitting the nail on the head in that respect because, you know, a lot of the time it's very easy as a parent to go into a situation expecting that the child will respond in the way you want Mm. or, you know, saying what you expect them to say. But Mm. a lot of the time there is this tendency with parents where there is this inclination to really kind of put your own agenda and your own feelings and emotions in that conversation that you are having with students. They are trying to establish their own autonomy and build themselves and feel empowered. However, there is this barrier, like you said, where it's the personal experience of a parent and then the personal experience of a child, and you're trying to find the middle ground in that, which is obviously a really difficult space to operate in. Um, And I know I was reading the other day, there was a a doctor, um, I think her name was Ran Enbar, Mm -hmm. and she was talking just really around the idea of focusing on future behaviour and how it can be really kind of more productive than arguing about past events because a lot of the time there is this tendency to rehash the past yeah. and use that Bring to stuff up. Yeah, yeah. dictate the experience of how we move forward. Yeah. But I think maintaining, I suppose, a future-focused mm. orientation in terms of mm. the way you think and speak and really operate in more of a present moment, it has so much more traction than kind of reliving what didn't work. Yeah, and then you get your child saying, well, they can't let it go, yeah. you know, and then they feel misunderstood because things keep coming or they, they keep repeating themselves. And so, yeah, it's a really good point, being future-focused and, and working on how can we move forward and what are we going to do to change some of this behaviour or what can we do positive to, to step in the right direction. And I think, like, when talking to parents, I would always say that, Tackling those really tough topics and conversations is a must. Absolutely. Shying away from that creates, I guess, a sense of a little bit of mistrust from your child feeling like they can't come to you or they're a bit scared or hesitant to come. So I think as a parent tackling those tough topics, that can be really difficult. So I'm not saying do it without the support of or, or seeking some help from a professional, but tackling those conversations is crucial. Yeah. And I think it's really kind of building within yourself this environment of trust and respect and transparency Mm. around what that home environment can potentially look like. And again, you know, standard me doing more research, (laughs) but um, I was reading the other day, there was a lady that spoke about 
when we have those types of conversations and really kind of creating an environment of care and safety mm. and mutual respect, mm. um, it, it does have this ability to, I suppose, facilitate an environment in which kids feel more inclined to yeah. talk about the tough topics. Yeah. Um, and, you know, effectively when that space of safety and care and mutual respect is formed, it then has this incredible potential to be positively reinforced the more we do it. Yeah. So, you know, looking at what's been shown in the research and I suppose just from anecdotal experience of working in this space, it's really, really important. I, I think just kind of going from my personal experience in sitting in a space with your child and sometimes not feeling the need to talk to yes. just listen. Yeah. So it's hard. It's, it's hard so to do. Hard. It's so hard. I find there's so much that can be said through just active listening alone. Yeah. It's a concept that um I've come across in my studies of um, trauma education and this concept of radical empathy yeah. um, comes yeah. up when working with trauma survivors. I guess it can be transferred across any setting because the concept of radical empathy is when a person feels that the other person is actually experiencing in their body mm. what you have gone through yeah. or what you have experienced. And and that can be really difficult, but I guess empathy is hard, especially if you feel like you've never gone through that situation. But something that needs to flip in young people's mind is that their parents actually probably went through yes, what they exactly, went through as exactly. a child. But radical empathy talks about, as I said, feeling what your child's going through. And you brought up a really good point about maybe there's times where you just don't say anything and that's actually okay because the child feels like they're being heard yeah. and there's no interjection or there's nothing sort of stopping their free flow of what they're thinking and feeling because they've got this open space where they can just communicate. Absolutely. And I think it kind of feeds basically into what we were saying at the start around those practical tips yep. and which, you know, it's a nice kind of segue into the first one, mm. which is basically just to lecture less and listen more. Yeah. You know, obviously being a parent, we obviously want the best for our children. And, you know, I'm not saying that from, I'm not a parent or mm. anything, but I'm saying it just from, you know, hearing and understanding the perspective of the child a lot of the time. It's obviously easy to fall into the habit of lecturing teens and really wanting the best out of their own personal oh, experience. Absolutely. I feel like that as a teacher, that, <laughs> you know, it's easy to just tell students what they need to know or, you know, the best thing, but they're not always going to absorb that. Yes. So listening to what's going on in their mind is amazing. Absolutely. And, and they have amazing um, sense of what they need mm. and, and what's good for the world. Yeah. So telling them as opposed to just listening and then responding is mm. probably works more effectively. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, sometimes in terms of the work that I've done, I've seen situations in which when I ask the question, do you need me to listen or do you need me to respond, it just creates this space where that child then knows what the outcome and what the expectation is from my end in terms terms of what that conversation between us is going to look like. So fundamentally, you're kind of using questions to help you through a difficult situation. So when you sit from a position of inquisition and you're wanting to learn and listen, it's really conveyed in terms of what the child is receiving and what their interpretation of that experience looks like. So yeah, yeah that's fundamentally, I think, 
first takeaway, lecture less, listen more. Yeah. And I mean, and that segues into another really good practical strategy of breaking down communication barriers. If you can say, what do you need me to do that shows your child that you're ready to listen or you're ready or, you know, they want something, um, they want you to, you know, answer Mm. their dilemma or their problem. So that helps to break down those communication barriers. Yeah. And I I think, you know, one of the most important points that I think is forgotten a lot of the time is that it's really, really difficult as a parent because Mm. obviously there is the element of raising a child, but then there is the element of maintaining your sense of own sanity. Yes. (laughs) And when your emotional and energy tank is completely empty, it's really, really hard to put the time and the psychological investment in your child. Yeah. So if you're already operating on empty, trying to manage a difficult situation or have a tough conversation with your child is so hard, yeah. so hard. So, you know, that's effectively what leads to the nagging and the judging and the scolding and that kind of stuff. Because, and the escalating yeah. of emotions yep. and then there's fights and tension. Yeah. So I guess would you say that for parents, if that's normal and that could be an everyday occurrence, yeah. the stresses of life and coming home from work, you've had a bad day and then your child's had a really bad day. So I guess maybe it's okay to just walk away yes, for a little bit, absolutely. have a bit of time and then regroup once you've had time to decompress. Yeah. And I, I think it's really around communicating that, that when it's not just a, an absent walk away, sometimes it's saying, look, we're both quite emotional at the moment. I think it would be wise. We'll give each other some time to calm down and then we can come back and have a conversation that's a lot more civil because as soon as someone starts to raise their voice, it typically will be, have the other person matching it at the same level. And it's just butting heads. So like we were saying at the start, it's really just about breaking down those barriers that's kind of restricting the ability to have constructive conversations. You're talking about escalating things, but it's also okay to say, look, let's just have some time apart for now. Let's have dinner. After dinner, let's sit on the couch under a blanket and let's have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And a lot of the time, I suppose, what I hear through the voice of the girls Mm. is around that the mum or dad is saying about their own experience and thinking that it, it's the driving force behind, oh, well, my life's going to be like that as well. Yeah. So, and it's all, I, I, for parents, it's a way of, that's how we connect. Yes, And that's correct. how we express empathy or, you know, yeah. show our child, this is, I've been through the same thing, but they don't care about that no, in the moment. Exactly. Yeah. So really kind of being able to strip back the concept of that unsolicited advice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and really kind of, as I said, just taking a position of inquiry and really asking questions, just getting to know and building that safe environment where that child knows that, oh, I know I can go back to mum and dad because the last time I did this, I didn't feel that sense of judgment. I didn't feel, I wasn't scolded for having that type yeah. of hard conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously there's a variety of different topics that we find really difficult to talk about, mm. you know, and so being able to create an environment that is conducive for that child to sit there and talk through it, it does wonders. So our six take-homes for parents would be to lecture less and listen more, try to break down those communication barriers and listen to listen, don't listen to respond, 
that it's okay just to have some time. Yep. It's okay to have a thought process and have some distance and then come back together and regroup. And that allows things to not escalate. Yeah. And also empathy is yeah, really important. That's huge. And, you know, I think two of the ones that really kind of stand out, I suppose, based on the experience that I've seen is really around help your teen think things through. You know, it, it's really kind of teaching them to problem solve and really build that sense of autonomy and empowerment will create a really functioning human being who, you know, there will be challenges in life. And yes, it is the job of a parent to support and guide, but it's also really important to let them work in a space in which they are learning for themselves. Yeah. Um, and finally, I think it's just remember, try not to let things escalate. Mm. Um, it's really around finding the right space to do that and really work towards understanding that if I'm not in the right headspace, what am I bringing to the table in terms of the conversation I have with my child? So, you know, just really important points to remember. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the most important message is to remember that there is no right or wrong. A lot of it is just this subjective experience. You know, you are going to make good decisions, you are going to make bad decisions, but that is part of parenting. There is no playbook. We are a school of community and we're a school of partnership. So we encourage our parents to reach out whenever they need to. And you can do that by contacting your daughter's homeroom teacher, her year-level coordinator, the wellbeing team, which includes myself, you, myself, Brad, yep. yeah, the other school counsellors here. Everyone who knows your daughter best is best to contact. Absolutely. So thanks, Brad, for this conversation. Thank it's you. been wonderful. I'm really excited for our next episode and conversation. This podcast has really been added as an additional layer of support for parents, uh, I suppose, to have an additional resource to engage and really learn more about how to support uh, your daughters. So we will look at making this a regular occurrence. Um, We'll know more information the more we do this. So for more information, you can click on the link in our show notes, more information on how to get your teenager to listen to you. But thanks for listening, everyone. Bye for now. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Raising Resilience with Catholic Ladies College. If you enjoyed this episode, hit follow on your podcast player to receive future episodes. Let us know what you think by leaving a review. And just a reminder, if you need additional support for yourself or your child, you can contact our wellbeing team here at CLC, your child's homeroom teacher or the year level team leader.